This episode of the Rap IQ Podcast is brought to you by Avery Dennison and their new line of paint protection films. Their high-performance films are constructed from enhanced polyurethane and provide exceptional scratch resistance, self-healing, and supreme visual finishes. Neo Noir Gloss Black PPF is a wet-apply hybrid PPF that puts a spin on paint protection film and color change restyling. Protect factory paint from stone chips while transforming any vehicle with a high-gloss black finish. Supreme Defense Matte maintains the pristine factory condition of vehicles. It's easy to apply and ensures outstanding aesthetics with a smooth matte finish. Now available is the Supreme Defense Clear PPF, an ultra-gloss, high-transparency film that won't yellow, peel, or blister and comes with an outstanding 10-year durability and weathering protection. The hydrophobic top coat repels water, dust, and debris on the vehicle surface for easy cleaning and low maintenance. For more information, visit graphics.averydenison.com forward slash PPF. What is up, guys? I'm John Duber. Welcome to the Rap IQ Podcast. Today, today's a special day. Today is the day. I'm joined with two guests. Let's inter- uh, introduce the first, the first, the first person. Balake, how are you today? I'm doing good, JD. How are you? I know you're, you're fired smiling. up right now. I'm fired up. I got, I got three quarters of a coffee down. I'm ready to rock and roll. Yeah, me too. What kind of coffee are you drinking? Uh, today, Irish coffee? Uh, no, they were uh, these little uh, chilled ones in a can that I keep at the house. Are they in L- white a white can? Yeah, La Le Colombe. Yeah, They're delicious. That'll light your head on fire right there. There's they too are, much caffeine in there. They are creamy. I love it, bro. That is too much caffeine. My it makes my it gives me an ocular migraine when I drink those. I can't do it. Oh, is that, is that a beer? Uh, no, that's Lacroix. What is two. that? What is that? What's what's that? What's that in there? Where it goes? What's it called a widget or something? A, a wit, it's same. It's the same thing in like a Guinness can or like a Bass can. I don't know on that one. Oh, well, fine. Sorry, sorry to try to educate the listeners on what that little ball is that explodes in a can of beer. Well, education or. has to. You have to teach them something. I was leading you into a question so you could educate them, but you just basically told me I'm an idiot. So no, I fine. just don't know the knowledge to educate on this one. <laughs> Moving on. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> we got a hell of a guest today. 2022. This is our first guest on the Rap IQ podcast. Stoked. You know, you guys, you guys, um, we're all about providing value. We're all about providing knowledge. We're all about the vehicle wrap business, both commercial and color change. Um, when it comes to PPF, when it comes to ceramic coating, when it comes to window tinting, this is like what we do. This is what Balake and I do. And we're going to really hyper focus this year on, on guests. Like we want to have, there's so many talented people out there. There's so many amazing brains and 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 people that we want to we want to highlight them and so our first guest this year is the rap the film the fuck (laughs) (laughs) marco how are you i'm doing well thanks for having me 
Marco Cazorla, the film trainer. <laughs> there it is. Oh, the rap trainer. You don't even fucking train for raps. I'm such an idiot. I'm sorry. Uh, you can it's train early. me on raps, though. I'm, I'm, well, I'm going to. I'm going to. Wow. I'll train you on raps. You train me on tent. All right. Deal? Sounds great. Deal. That's what I'm talking about. Marco, tell us about you, man. First and foremost, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Like this is a big deal. This is a big deal for us. Like venture into a new market and, and to get, to get someone as respected as you on, on the show, like you're a solid dude, man. And it's, it's fucking awesome. And I can't wait to, I can't wait to do this. Thanks so much for the compliments. Uh, yeah. I mean, this might be the highlight of my year and we're just getting started, man. So <laughs> it's going to be a good year. <laughs> the honor's mine. The honor is mine. So Tell us uh, a little about you. Where are you yeah. from? What do you like? What do you do? Yeah, uh, I am currently window film trainer for Expel. I do uh, window tint and PPF training. Um, I've been in the industry for almost eighteen years, so I, I've seen a lot. I've seen where where it came from and where it's at at currently. And there's no there's no sign of slowing down whatsoever. The industry is going strong. I'm training a ton of people. So that's a, a very good indicator that, I mean, it's just skyrocketing. So, yeah, it's crazy, man. I, very, I agree with that. Like, which position to be in, most definitely. I agree. When it comes to, when it comes to training, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, it's such a, it, it is a very prestigious, right. like, you have a responsibility, right? To like bring value and, Every time you walk into someone's shop and train them, like you're changing their lives. You know what I mean? Like it's such a people, people that don't train, like it is, it is a very big responsibility. It is the weight of the world is on your shoulders. When you walk in, like you have to perform, like you cannot, as a trainer, you can't have an off day, you know? And there's a lot that goes into that. And you have to bring your A game. You have to, you got to read the room. You got to read each individual person and figure out what their strengths and their weaknesses are. And you have to, you have to play by that. And it's, dude, it's, it's, it's obviously a thankful job, not a thankless job, but it's, dude, it's hard, man. Training is no joke. Right. And you have to like, you really have to project that onto your trainees and, you know, have the mentality like, Hey, I'm here to help you be successful. I need you to just not quit on me and just follow the process and just go with me on this journey this week, you know? And, uh, sometimes I'm more than a trainer, you know, you're like a life coach. You're yeah. (laughs) Guys hugs like, Hey, 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 you're, you're so zoned. You're so uh, zoned in on this right now. Just zoom out, go take a break. You know, I've seen guys go nuts. Uh, almost throw a heat gun and she's like, whoa, it's all good, man. Don't take it personal. It's just, yeah, take it off and it's redo like, it. This, that's this my is, tent, bro. You're not, you're not, that's not your tent. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, hey, we're not doing brain surgery here. Just look, you just take it off and and redo it. That's it. Yeah, that's, that's a very good point, you know, because like when you do train, <clears throat> when you're, when you are talking to people, when you're, when you're showing people the process and they, they, Let's let's be honest, right? There there are people that get it right off the bat, and they're just right. naturally talented. And there's people that yep. don't, right? And they have to work a little bit harder, and uh, and they may not just have to work a little bit harder for for shrinking a back glass. They might have to. They might have had to work a little bit harder for fucking everything, right? right. Their whole life, and it's constant frustration after constant frustration. And they get to a point where they want to throw a heat gun, or they want. 
They want to storm out, right? right? Like, how do you talk those people down? Like, because you seem like a very level-headed person that you, you seem to communicate extremely well. You articulate your words well. Like, how do you how do you get people to kind of take a step back? Like, what what? And I'm asking so I can learn as a trainer. Right. Like, how do you do it? Right? How do you how do you calm people down and say, "Hey, watch. Let's let me show you one more time." And <laughs> right. Well, I I take things at more like a psychological level. So right from the get go, right when we get started, I, it's part of like my script. Like I say, Hey, whatever I tell you this week, don't take it personal. Just see it as what it is. I'm going to be super critical on you, but listen, this is not easy. If it was easy, everybody was, everybody would be doing it. And at the end of this, you're going to be a top notch installer because you're going to know Oh, there's little handle in my, oh, there's creases here. There, there's this and there's that because I'm super critical on them. And for example, this past week, uh, these guys, I, I could have tested them out on day three and they would have passed, but they just, they wanted me to be critical on them so that they can be the best. And man, that That's just made, that made want, my man. week mm. for sure. It was super, super easy. Yeah. But that's the type of, that, that gives me goosebumps, dude. Like those, when you are, have- those are ideal trainees you know that's it's not gonna it doesn't happen doesn't a lot. happen all the time and window tinting is not for everyone and my from my perspective i think training someone on window tinting is more difficult than training someone with paint protection film for sure because the, i'm gonna have know, to i'm gonna have to go to one of your ppf trainings i yeah. i've never been trained on ppf um i have two vehicles that i i, I need to do i got to do a full front my, my wife Bought, bought a new vehicle so i gotta do nice. full front on that when it gets here and then i'm gonna i'm gonna respray my my e36 and i want to do a full ppf on that and bro i'm gonna be honest ugh, ppf has kicked my face in yeah <laughs> man but like, see what ppf it's about your slip solution even if your soap yeah mix is just know. a little bit too little or too much it's not gonna stick and it's just and it sticks dude I've, I've seen people uh, like use like, you know, like baby, um, baby, like medicine syringes for like milliliters to oh, like yes. get it exactly what Correct. the fuck it is. Like that's that is, cr- like yep. to think that it's that. Yes. It's that precise. Like yep. that. Well, no wonder I got my ass kicked by it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, cause I get the wrinkles. I get the pulling to the, to the corners and the tension. And I see, <clears throat> I see that like far better than a lot of people. Like there's, I'm very confident and, and, and and seeing where to hook and 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 all that i was using like baby shampoo with like that much that much water you know what i mean like i wasn't i wasn't i didn't realize i was i need training that's that's the truth like i need as a as a as a professional like i need to take a class and uh and I'm, i'm gonna jump on avery dennison's training but there's no training i won't take right like i'm a i'm a student of the game and i I love that i will I love that. Bro, I have so I much that. to learn. I have so much to learn. Everyone has so much to learn. If there's anyone out there that sits there and like, <clears throat> I got this figured out. Like, dude, you're getting your ass kicked and you don't even know it. <laughs> like there are people coming up that are that 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 are learning more than you. There's always something changing. There's always yeah. a new technique. There's always a you know, a new slip solution, a new something. Like right. who knows? Yeah. Like who knows? You know, I there's love always when I something get those in. guys uh in my class that that are have that mindset like they know what they're doing and like wait a minute okay <laughs> i eat them alive I'm like okay do this and they, they, they just 
they're just trying to trying to stay afloat. They're drowning. And uh, how do you tactfully humbled. work your way through that? How do you What's tactfully that? work your way? How do you tactfully work your way through that? Um, because it's very easy to be like, "Yo, you're a fucking idiot!" Like you don't know this. Yeah, it's very I, easy <laughs> to be rude. But like, how do you tactfully talk to those people and say, "You don't know what you don't know, bro." Like, let me show you. And and like, how do you work your way around that? Because I, I see it a lot. Like, I not a lot, but I see it. Right. Um, I play out this quote. Like, I I'm trying to remember who said it, but it said, "You want to test a man's character, uh, give him power." So I'm like, okay, you think, you know, okay, do it. I just, and I just let him, let him do it. And literally they're just dripping sweat. Like they're trying to figure it out because their ego is so big and they think yeah. that they know what they're doing. And then at the end of it, they're like, Hey, can you help me? And then boom, I, I go in there which is a cool, calm demeanor. And I say, okay, look, you burn these corners because you lock this edge down. And you put the heat gun too close and you weren't moving the heat gun fast enough. And it's just, it's an easy transition when, when someone just falls on their face like that, you know, I enjoy seeing people (laughs) fall on their face, not because I want to see them fail, because that is where the light starts to shine and, and people go, I don't know. as much as I thought I did. And that's where true growth happens when it comes to training. You know, when, when people come in, the ego is the killer of all people. Like God, it's insane. And and it's like with this, with this culture that we live in and the society we live in with this instant gratification and like all this, like it's, it's, it makes training difficult, but if you come in with the right mentality and you understand that I'm here to learn and I'm not here, it's not, it's not like, it's not a measuring contest. Like I'm here to learn. And I think that's, that's really important. Like, like let's talk about that for a minute. Yeah. As a person that is going to take a training class, like what mentality do you think people need to have to come in to a class? Right. Yeah. I mean, right when, because I do a one hour PowerPoint before of lecture, before we even get hands on, because the majority of our training is, you know, I would say 98% hands-on, but right from the get, I I tell them, Hey, you need to have zero ego here. If you're going to have a big ego, you are not going to pass this class. And some listen and some, they still struggle because it it, just from my perspective of, of training men, you know, training men, they struggle because they have this ego thing, man. And like, they don't know. They clearly don't know what they're doing because if they did, they wouldn't be in my class, you know, and they still have that ego that they know what they're doing, even though they, they don't. So um, I have to kind of, you know, tactfully crush the ego in a professional way without uh, demoralizing them, you know? Yeah, I think <clears throat> I think that's a big, a, a very important point. Like I tell I tell my my my, my students like. I'm very, if you're in my training class, like, sorry, by default, you're part of my family. Right. And I talk to you very openly and I literally tell them, I said, if, if anyone walked in here with an ego, let's walk back outside and let's drop that at the door sill. Right. Like we're, we're, we're not going to big time anybody in here. We're, you know, there's, there's one trainer in here. His name's John Duver. And I don't say that with my ego either. Like I say that, like you're here to get trained. Listen. 
because there are people that try to take over the class sometimes. Ugh. And like, I, I won't have it. You know what I mean? Right. I just won't have it. Like, yep. <clears throat> I'll, I'll, I'll tolerate it for an hour, hour and a half. Oof. That's too long. <clears throat> but Oof. then I just start to completely ignore their right. existence. You know what I mean? It's like, right. they'll say something like, okay, like I don't even look at them at that point. You know what I mean? It's like, right. The best thing that you can do as a person that comes into a training with anybody is just be a sponge. Right. Like drop your ego. You literally do not know what you don't know. Yep. You, you said that that's, multiple that's times. Hard. Uh, you said that multiple times on your show. I'm like, man, that is so true. Like you can't yeah. blame someone. You can't blame a trainee for not knowing or you can't blame a customer for not knowing the product because they don't know. And if you, they, come, they don't. Come, if you come at it with that mindset, you know, you're more – um, what's the word gentle and, uh, with your approach, like not be so aggressive with, how can you not know that? Are you dumb? You know, again, yeah, it, it, it goes down to the ego. It, you know, listen, those thoughts do go through my head. You know what I mean? If, <laughs> if, if someone, well, they do, it's just human nature. You know, if someone walks in and they have I a big know. ego and they, and they think they run, they run the fucking ship and you, you're like, you don't know that like those thoughts do go through my head, but then I get empathy and I, I really try to be as gentle as possible. And I'm a, I'm a pretty aggressive guy. Like I, I yeah. just am, it's just my nature. Like I'm a little abrasive. Like <laughs> I won't, I, I, I will not, I, I don't, you know, falter away from telling you to get fucked. Like if, if you need to be told, like, I'm going to tell you, right. Yeah. If you need, but I, at the same time, like having kids has made me like this softy, you know what I mean? Like I, I, like I, I, I have more patience now than I've ever had and I'm, I'm able to communicate and articulate my words very well. And I think, I think that the, the biggest thing when it comes to like being a good, like if you're taking a training class, whether it's Avery or Expel or, <clears throat> or 3M or any elite rappers, like anything that you're taking, right? I think that you need to understand truly, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Like, and, and you could be, dude, you could be in the industry like yourself for 18 years. Like that's a fucking eternity, bro. Yeah, like is. that's really, truly is a long time. Like you've it's, put your 10,000 hours in, like you are a, you are a expert of your field. Like there's no doubt about it, but you, you still sir. learn. I mean, yo, you, you, my you, God. You, oh, I learn all the time. Like I was in Garland, Texas and one of my, one of the, uh, experienced installers did something. I said, Whoa, hold on what did you just do there? And why did you do that? And he said, Oh, because I need, to, I need to do this. And I'm like, ah, okay. How amazing is that? Like, cause that happened to me in Indianapolis right. recently where it was something very simple. I had, I had these amazing women in, in, in uh, a training class at GG graphics in Indianapolis. And they were peeling a huge panel to do a, a hood, a hood wrap. Right. right. Well, this woman, like I'm the, I'm the type of person where I like, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of dominant. It's just like by nature, like I want to peel the backing. Like I want to trim it out. Right. Like it's just, it just kind of is what it is. Like, I feel like, yeah. I feel like I, 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 my, my backing slitter is sharper than yours and I move faster. Right. I'm more efficient. I, I just, it's just by nature. And, right. and, and well, dude, like she was holding the side of this, this big panel and she had peeled the corner, <clears throat> the vinyl from the backing paper and then held the vinyl. You know, when you're peeling a piece of backing paper and, it, yep. and the backing paper gets to you and then you have to like use your other hand to like peel yes. it off and then grab the vinyl. Well, she pre peeled the corner and just held the vinyl. So when I peeled the backing paper, huh. I could just take it. And I was like, 
what the fuck? Like that, like to me, 21, 22 years in this industry, I'd never seen that. Right. And like I highlighted it. I showed it to the class. But dude, those little things right there, that's a big deal, man. Like big I deal. love learning those little tricks. Yeah. And then I put them in my, you know, I put them in my, my, my pouch of tricks. I'm just like, well, I'm going to teach this. And then I quote her, you know, like I learned this from this person. Awesome. Like I always give credit where credit's due, but dude, I'm a student of the game. I'm always trying to learn. Always, yeah, so shout always, out to always. Uh, Kevin at uh, Tritech window tinting in Garland, Texas, man, I, I stopped him. I was like, Whoa, what, wait, what are you doing? Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. That, that is awesome. Complete yeah. Sense. So I, I love that. I, I really do. Like, uh, so I want to go back to like being a being a student in a class, like drop your ego at the door. You don't know what you don't know. Any any other like pointers that you could that you could give somebody? Ask questions. If a right. trainee, if a trainee's not asking questions, and I, I I say this, my trainees are probably gonna hear this. Like, yeah, he said that. If a trainee's not asking questions, it means your brain's not engaged and your mind is just somewhere else. Like that's an indicator to me. Like either you're not listening. You don't want to be there or you're just too scared to ask a question. And I, and you know, but I create an environment in the class where it's just conductive for people to ask questions. We have fun, comfortable, but yeah. we also, we also get things done. You know, I, it's my intention to create high level installers. That's my objective for sure. I love it. So. I, I, I do, I do something very similar. I, I literally like at the beginning of the class, like before we even start, I tell people about myself and my, my wife and my kids and my business and like kind of paint the picture yeah, of like, yeah. okay, I, I know, like I know what I'm doing, right? Like you can, you can trust me. <laughs> and then I say, there is no such thing as a dumb question. There is no such thing. If you have a question, I want you to raise your hand and stop me and ask the question because I want you to think about this. There are people in this class that aren't as confident as you are to raise your hand and ask the same exact question that they want to ask, but they they're embarrassed. They're, they're sure. shy. I don't know what you don't know. Ask the question. There's no such thing as a dumb question, right? So and powerful. Let, let, it is, it is. You got to make a shirt you, of that. That is so powerful. I think the, the, the most important thing about being a trainer, most important thing about being in a class, most important thing about trying to teach people is to get them. I tell them like, like we're literally off the bat. Like you're my family. Like we're all family. Like you might be competitors with this person or this person because I do training a little bit differently than how you do. You go into actual shops, correct? So it's all the same, the same yeah, conducive I, I, unit. I do uh, on-site uh, training. So I'll go into their environment, see what elements they're working with. But I also do uh, trainings at our headquarters in uh, San Antonio, Texas as well. Nice, nice, nice. So those, you know, in San Antonio, for example, like there, you could, that person could be training next to their biggest competitor, right? And I've seen it where it's like kind of, there's animosity there. I just squash that shit right off the bat. Like, I don't care if you hate him. I don't care if she used to work for you and you have bad blood. Like, I don't give a fuck for the next two days. We're family. And you guys can figure that out afterwards. You're not going to make my class uncomfortable because you don't like that person. You don't know when you're going to need them in the future. Right. And like, dude, I'm, I'm like, I'm very direct with, with that. Like, I think one of the biggest things when it comes to training classes is the networking. It's often overlooked. And I, and I think that it's one of the, it's, it's the biggest overlooked part of 
of, of a training class, especially when there's multiple people from multiple cities, right. you know, from your area, et cetera. I, I, it's just crazy to me how much, how shy people can be. It's like this, the, 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 but it comes down to the ego. You know what I mean? It yeah. comes down to oh, the, yeah. oh, I'm better that's than you. The, I don't need you. That's the common denominator. Most definitely is the ego. Um, that's why with anyone that takes my class, I invite them. I created a Facebook group. It's called uh, the Film Trainer Experience, and it's uh, open to anyone that I have uh, actually trained. And you know, network, networking, keep up with each other, uh, exchange tips and tricks, so that Love these it. guys can help each other. It's called the Film Trainer Experience on Facebook. Yeah, yeah it's a Facebook group. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Just to keep all these guys connected, and you know, I'm busy sometimes, and maybe one someone else can answer you know a simple question. So. Yeah, no, that's great. That's that dude. That's I think that networking and and that I always call it service after the sale. Like in in my classes, I I I do my best to to get back to messages and to you know I say if you have a question about how to wrap this bumper, like send me a picture of the bumper. I'll save it to my phone. I'll draw on it where to put the inlays or the handle or whatever it is, the panels, and I'll send it back to you. And because I believe that, I believe that when you take when you take a training, when you it's not over on the end of day one or two or wow. however long the class is, right? I believe that my knowledge is vast and I can help a lot of people. I have this big bucket. It's called my help people bucket. And like, I have to fill it. Like it's, it's like something that I'm very serious about. And where does that come from? Stir- I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. I just, I feel, I feel like, um, I have, um, I have a pedestal to talk from and when, when, when I talk, I've noticed that people listen and I feel like if I didn't, if I didn't use it for good, if I didn't use it for advancement for others, I would be doing a disservice. Um, and I just feel, I feel like, I don't know, bro. That's a really good fucking question. Like I've never been asked that. I've never been asked that. I, 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 I keep like my, my, my initial reaction is to say, I grew up with not a lot and I've made, I've made a great life. Um, and I know what it feels like to have serious struggle, right? Like financially and, and, and with family and like all kinds of stuff. Like I, I get it. So, and I'm not afraid to talk about those things, like, because I've made it through, Right. right? Like I'm, I'm not broke. I, I, I'm I'm not still getting vehicles repossessed. I, I'm not having to <laughs> right. fucking boil water to have a warm bath anymore. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we, I I grew up in some fucked up shit. Yeah. But okay, at the so, same time, so I, I guess I can see where I, I can see where that's coming from. It's like ingrained in your DNA, and you just want to give back because I do. Maybe you want to uh, change someone's trajectory in life so that they can avoid all that. I just believe that there's no matter what your situation is you can get through it. Right. Right. Like, yes. I mean, the, I, 20 years in business, almost 21 years in business, starting our 21st year in April. Relationship wise, I have, th- you know, my, I've been with my wife for 19 years. Like we've seen some shit together, right? Like 19 years of being with someone. I have three sons, you know, thank God everyone's healthy and happy. Yeah. And like, I don't, I don't struggle with any of that. Like, but dude, I, like I've seen so much stuff and it's like, right. I'm not afraid to talk about the bad shit. Right. Cause I've, yeah. I've made it through and like, it's something horrible happens to me right now. I'll talk about it. Like I, I'm like, 
I, I think that everybody, a lot of people, not everybody, but a lot of people paint this picture of like, everything's perfect, right? Oh, like oh, I live on, I live on five acres with a white picket fence and like, <laughs> you know, the, the groceries are always fresh and there's never mold on the bread. And like, it's like, shut the fuck up. That, shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. That's how society is just, uh, you know, with the whole social media thing and just, it's not real, you know? And, uh, you can paint whatever picture you want to paint. You choose what you want to post, you know? And, uh, the reality is, uh, the reverse is probably true. You know, when those people are posting those things like that. So that's right. Anybody that real on my my Instagram and and my, you do such a great job of it. Like you really do. Like, so I learned about you from Brent, not from design it raps. Ah, that guy's he, a savage. That guy's oh, oh my bro. goodness. That guy. Oh my god. I go in there and I'm him. like, wait, it's seven. Th- it was like seven forty seven forty five. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I've been here since I don't know midnight. Him and his brother Dakota. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, the monsters. What? Who are you? Dude. And just like the leadership stuff that he's doing within his team, it's just that guy is going to be someone to. Uh, Man, he's yeah, he's a monster. He's 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 been one of my coaching clients for 18 months or so. Nice. And we've really worked very hard together and we've beautiful done a lot. Like this dude is a fucking monster. Like he's a he's an easy client because he like he works so hard. Like I have to I almost every month I tell him, bro, like there's too many hours. Like (laughs) you got to take a step back, like take your dogs for a run or, you know, take your wife somewhere like he lives in paradise, like Florida, like. Yeah, I live in, it's, it's beautiful. Out there. It's, it's, it's negative 40 degrees where Blake lives and it's, you know, <laughs> zero degrees here. But my point is, is like that dude's a monster, man. Like yeah. he really is. But he, he told me, uh, you know, in one of our calls we, we we were, we were just discussing training and how he wants to reinvest into his team and how he continued education. I'm a huge continued education person. Like, um, I never was, I graduated high school late. I didn't go to college. I, but I always continually wanted to learn, right? Like I always wanted to be better and I knew that I didn't know everything and, 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 but I always seeked out the best people to learn from. And, and he talks about, he was telling me about, you know, I I want, I want to get PPF training and I'm only doing it with Marco. And I was like, who the fuck is Marco? (laughs) (laughs) Like, who is this guy? And then, you know, doing some research on you, like it, dude, it is like you're doing an amazing job. Like truly you're you're, like, if, if, if people want to get training or people are planning on getting expel training, like I highly recommend that they get a hold of you. Like just in talking for Brett to, to Brett about the training and like keeping up with Brett, um, throughout the training process that you guys went through and then getting feedback from him afterwards. Like it, like it's there, there are really good trainers out there and there are bad trainers. Let's just be honest. It just is what it is. Like it's, there's not a lot of middle of the ground when it comes to it, either like you're good or, or or you're bad. There's not a lot of gray area there. And, and you, you are an amazing trainer and, and, and it's very, very awesome to see that. And it's like one, like when I said, Hey, I want to come in and take one of your classes. Like it's twofold. It's twofold. Like, I want to see how you train. I want to see how you articulate your words. I want to see how you direct people, how you how you grab someone's hand and show them, you know, how to cut the angle of their blades, et cetera. But also, I want to get the knowledge from you. <laughs> you know, it's twofold. It's yeah. always twofold. Same here, man. 
Thanks for the kind words. Yeah, it's uh, honestly, uh, I wouldn't be here if I didn't put myself out there on social media. Let's talk, and, let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, because you do. You put yourself out there a lot. You 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 do put your life out there, and and that dude, I struggle with that. I really do. I I, I struggle with that personally because I like to be a little bit private. Like I have my own little life. Like, yep. and I don't put I, everything it, out there, but it's just uh, I went on a tr- uh, work trip with uh my friend David Saro and we were just talking and just that's how the film trainer was created. He was like, you should, you should do this and you know, do your, he's just giving me recommendations what to do. And I said, you know what? I, I can't be an idiot and ignore what this guy has accomplished. Like I would be dumb if I didn't listen to what um, this man was saying. And I just ran with it. Like being on camera, being in uncomfortable situations, public speaking, you know, articulating what you're doing when the camera's on, it's, it's a little different. It's a muscle that you have to work out. And yeah, um, <laughs> all I do, I, I mean, I just put the GoPro on my, on my head and I just talk and sh- uh, articulate what I'm doing. And but um, you do it so good and you do a, it in your own style. <laughs> like you have your own style with it. And it's yeah. like when you, when I pop on one of your videos, it's like, all right, here we go. We got a 2000 and you know, 21 Rolls Royce Rafe. And we're going to, we're going to, here's how you pop the door panel off. And I'm, I'm looking at a a hundred thousand dollar door panel. I'm like, Oh fuck. Like, no, Oh, and you just do it so smooth and so, so great. And you like walk through, like, this is a 10 millimeter. This is a T35. This is, here's how you pop this off. Like it's, it's like you go into the details that I think others that make videos leave out. And it's like that, like it's a T35. Like that's important. Like, because you have, your T20, your T25, your T30, right. your T35. Like you have all those sitting on your on your on your toolbox. Well, if I know I can just reach up and grab the T35 as opposed to putting a T20 in there and be like, oh fuck, it's too small. A T40 in there and it's like, oh fuck, it's too big. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like right. it's good. It saves time. And it's and it's just one of those things where like you do that extremely well with with uh with explaining in detail what to do. Like you, you pry this way. And if you guys haven't seen any of Marco's videos, like, dude, you got to follow this dude on social. Like it's, it's really, really solid. Like it's really solid. Yeah. My target audience is, I just, I feel like I'm just talking to someone that barely getting into a panel pulling or window tinting or just someone that wants to learn it. That's why I tell them, Hey, twist like this, pull this way, scoop out the, I don't know, the, the door trim, things like that. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's really, really good. And it's, it's, I think it's a different style. That's my point. It's like a different style. Like you don't, and it's fast. Like you, you clearly know what you're doing. You clearly, I don't know. Like when I rehearse, when I do a video, like I'll rehearse it and then I'll do it. And I'm not sure if that's how you do it. Right. Cause no. I want to be smooth. No, man. But it's I like, do it you one know take your shit. I don't have time to edit. Cause I'm literally, all right. So, all right. Some. Um, some secrets that I do when I film and do like these door panel stuff, I do it in one take, like while these guys are taking a break and I'll just do it real quick or while we're working because I don't have the extra time to reshoot it and re recut and, and do this editing. It's just one shot and go. So um, how long have you been making those videos? Like how long have you like, uh, went, like has it been? I believe last July. So not six months. Yeah. Last Holy July, fuck. the film trainer was created in uh, Orlando, Florida. Wow, <laughs> that's insane! Because like you're, you're like a natural when it comes to it. Like, and I like 
like I, 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 how do I put that? Like I'm a documentary junkie, right? So if I get walked through a process, I'm just like, like enamored. Like I'm just like eyes wide looking at it. Like if it's done correct, if it's not done right, I'm just like, fuck off. I'm moving. I'm going to the next video. Right. But you do a really good job of it. And, and it, you know, do you have like a YouTube channel or anything like that where, where these videos are database? And if you do, please share that. So that way people can, uh, can on all social media handles, it's the film trainer. So all, everything I film, it's going to be on there as well. So Instagram, awesome. um, TikTok, YouTube as well. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. You're doing, uh, you're you're doing a you're doing an awesome job with that, and, and like I really really like it. Like when it comes to like good trainers, like I I'm a I'm a student of the game, right? Like I I want to be. Like no offense to any trainers out there, no offense to you, but like I want to be the best trainer in the fucking world. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't want to be, yeah. I don't want to be like, oh yeah, I took John's class and it was okay. Right. No, like I want, I want people to be like, that changed my fucking life. And he talked about not only how to do this, but he talked about how much he loved his wife. And I went home and I bought my wife and I wrote my wife a love letter and like I was a better dad because he told me stories. Like I want to be like the fucking guy, right? Like I just really, really I love appreciate that, man. that stuff. I love how you're talking about the the family aspect for sure. And Dude, like, my family's my whole life, bro. I love that. Like it's a it's a good reminder because I'm in the same boat and, and it's just it's a pleasant reminder of, of what men uh, have to do, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we're trainers, yes, but our main job is, like, getting your house in order. Like what you said on your on your show, I'm like, man, that really, yeah. that really hit home with me for sure. So I'm Dude, running it's with not that. easy, though. It's not easy to get your house in order. It's no. not, like, my, like my, my house isn't completely in order. You know what I mean? Like... Right. Like it just, it, it's a, it's constantly evolving, but like, like I always tell people I have three things that mean the most to me. Like I worship the ground my wife walks on. Like I, I love, I love this woman. Like it's insane. The amount of great, like just love and admiration I have for my wife. I want to be a great role model and dad to my kids. Cause I have, I do, I have a great dad, right? Like I have a great father-in-law. I have a great stepdad. Like I have great parents and people in my life. Like I want to, I want to provide for, I have great grandparents, like, I, I, I love that. And then I want to, I want to help as many people as I can. And whether that's through vinyl images and, you know, helping them wrap their fleet of vehicles, or that's through training and teaching them how to be a better person and make more money, or that's being empathetic and, you know, any way to help people, like any way to put myself out there and like really, truly help people. Like that's the real shit. And, love and it. yep. it's not easy. You know no, what I mean? It's, not. it's, it's not, it takes up a lot of my time, but yep. I don't know. I just, I get off on that shit, man. Like it makes me happy. Like it, it makes me jump out of bed in the morning and, and, and go, okay, well, I'm going to change someone's life today. Hell and I really, I really think about that, you know, yeah. like, I don't know. It just, I'm like, I'm a giver. I've always been a giver. I've always been someone that wants to give back and it's just, it, it's ingrained in my, in my DNA. And I think, I think you're cut from a similar cloth though. Like Same I, here. I, I, I wanna, you know, I want to help people for sure. And, uh, it just goes back to, you got to put yourself out there. I mean, it's uncomfortable, but when you do it, it's just like second nature, you know? It feels good when people can relate. Right. And then it the feels good when, but hey, bro, it feel, you know what feels the best is when someone reaches out to you and relates to oh, you. Yeah. And they, and they, they yep. but they, you can tell that they're not used to saying, bro, I, I, I just went through that whole thing. Like you can tell yeah. their, their egos might be a little big or they're very private. Right. And, and they reach out to you and say, I, I, 
I cannot believe you put this out there because it's it's an embarrassing thing. And I just went through this whole thing and it's like, yeah, bro, like call me. Like, let's talk. Like, let's just fucking talk. Let's have a conversation, you know? <laughs> you gotta work I things love that out, stuff. man. It's a it's a muscle you gotta work out. Whatever whatever your whatever demons people are fighting with, you gotta work it out or it's gonna work you out, you know? And uh It's a very good point. That's a very good point. Let's talk about that. You know, let's yeah. let's let's talk about that. I I think I think people put stuff in the closet a lot. You know, there's the old saying, you know, skeletons in the closet. Well, like my closet's wide the fuck open right. and like my skeletons are out there. Right. Like I have, I, I don't know. I just don't, I don't care. I, I, my house is pretty, pretty in order. Right. Like I, I feel like I have, I've gone through a lot of different things and I, 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 I don't know. I just, I'm happy. Like I just am a happy dude that, lives on five acres with a white picket fence. <laughs> right. I like to paint yeah. that picture. I like to paint that picture anyway, you know, yeah. but I, I really like. I can being, tell it, it, it just emits from you, man. This is the way you it's speak just confidence, and your, and your, like, your tone. It's just, Oh man, this, this guy it wasn't always like that. This guy's foundation is strong. And, uh, I want to strive for that for sure. Well, I think, I think, I think it, it takes a lot of time. I think it, right. it takes a lot of, a lot of failing, um, a lot of getting back up, you know, a lot of, of figuratively and literally getting kicked in the face, um, and, and just really getting through it and understanding that, that it's okay to lose. You know, I, I'm not a fan of losing. I hate losing and I know what it feels like to lose really, really bad. And I, I, I fear that so much that I, that's what, that's what drives me. You know, that's, that's what drives me. And I think you have to find that as a, as a, as a man, I'm almost 40 years old, dude. Like I used yeah. to be the young buck. Like I used to be a fucking young stud, man. Yeah. I'm 39 years old. Now I'm starting to become the old man in the game. And it's like, I got to work a little harder to stay on top. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and, and I, here's the thing. I'm not afraid of the fucking work. Amen. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I'm I like right behind it. you, man. I am right behind you with the pushing 40 and just like these young box and just like, uh, uh-uh. uh, you, you, you're not going to outwork me. Uh, uh-uh. uh, that's why this whole There's, 75 hard thing. It's just beautiful. Let's, yeah. Let's how's go. that going? How's, how's 75 hard going for you? It's, um, uh, Okay, the the hardest thing. On? What day are you on? I'm on. What's today's day? I'm on the twenty second day. You're getting into the shit right now. Yep. So before we started recording, I I, I was up at five forty five just biking. So it was freezing <laughs> cold. But, yeah, man. I, I'm just, I love it. I'm trying to win no in joke. all aspects of life, man. Personal, mentally, family, everything, work, like. I'm, I come off as like, you know, calm, you know, I can articulate with what, what I want to do in my class and my trainees, but on the inside, I'm like, I want to win at everything. Like I want to be the best, you know, and I have to hone that ego internally and to just, Hey, keep it in check. Like, don't be an arrogant little prick. Like you don't know it all, you know? And then it gets humbling (laughs) when I see a guy doing a tech, I'm like, whoa, like it caught my attention, you know? So things like, I'm like, oh, it's a reality check that I don't know everything. And, you know, and it's, I like, I like learning that. Whatever I learn from someone, I have to show someone, you know, I can't keep these secrets because that's the old, and from my perspective, it's, that's the old mentality of guys in this industry, like 20 years ago, like, oh no, like, I'm doing it this way. I'm not going to share it. Like, these are my tricks. I'm like, no, 
that's why people don't share their prices, their techniques, because they're scared of competition. It's just like, I call it that famine mentality. Like, oh, there's not enough. There's not enough work. Like you just have to try to hoard all your techniques. And no, the reverse is true. I, I, I think that there's too much work. Right. Um, I think that there's, you know, if you look at how many, how many vehicles are tinted on the road, half of them, 40%. I think it was like 10%. 10%. 10%. There was a stat like, so, yeah. It's, so you could double it and yeah. it would. Would it make a dent? That's insane. When it comes to vehicle wrapping, it's like 2% of the vehicles on the road have graphics or, or wraps on them. 2%. So you look at the industries, like you look at the industries and you say, if this doubles, your monetary amount will double. The work will double. The struggles, the trials, the tribulations, the materials will double. Everything, like all of that will double. And you're still not even making a dent right. in the amount of vehicles on the road. Like, that's insane to me. I'm sorry. It's insane to me. Like, yeah. people don't understand that that there really is enough work to go around. You know, that's back to the training thing where you're like networking with people. Yeah. Like, you never know when you're going to need someone else. You never know because like, I was just about to say, some, you just never like, know. Let, let, let's say like just hypothetically, the last two years have been fucked up, right? Like it's been fucking crazy with, yep. with, with everything. Right. Let's say the fucking CDC comes out and says, you have to tint your windows on your car or else you're <laughs> going to get COVID. All right. Well, <laughs> let's say, let's say 20% of the people, the population is going to be like, fuck, I got to get my windows tinted there. The, the market can't sustain it. No. Right. So you have to network and you got to call your boy and say, right. Hey, I know we had problems in the past. Let's let bygones be bygones and come on in. Let's go, man. Let's tint five windows, you know, five cars a day, like whatever it is. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, you never know. And I, and I think that people get so caught up in like the, 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 the today they don't, the long game when it comes to the tent uh, um, industry, like how are people, do you see a lot of people playing the long game or do you see people building their businesses uh, in a, in a responsible manner? Do you see people scaling? Like how do you, when you go in as a trainer, like how do you tell if it's a good shop or not? All right. Don't think I'm weird. So <laughs> I can't promise that. <laughs> so when I go to, when I first do like do a walkthrough through a shop, like the first thing is the location, like all these things I'm thinking internally. Okay. And when I walk, when I pull into their parking lot, if it's clean, <clears throat> if the outer the parking apparent, lot, what's that? The parking lot. The parking lot. If there's trash, landscaping. I'm, like, I'm like, what's going Okay. They're not paying attention. To, okay. All right. Well, maybe, hopefully the inside doesn't look like that. <clears throat> if once I walk through, is there someone's going to greet me? Uh, does it look like a company that I would do business with? Is there someone there that's going to greet me professional? Um, do now this is a, this is a, a one that I pay attention to. How many rings does the phone ring before someone picks it up? Detail, man. That detail right there. Say that one more time. Uh, how long does the phone ring before someone picks up the phone? <laughs> if you Another got step three, to that if you got is how do guys, they answer the phone? Yeah. How do they answer the phone? Right? Yeah. Th those details are going to differentiate you from exactly. everyone else. That's everyone what else. I. That's what I started from when I first got in this industry. Everything that I'm saying, that's what we did. Um, is their shop clean? Like their install environment? 
Do they have fans running? You know, all that. Um, what other employees look like? What does the owner look like? I, you know, I don't verbalize this, but I'm just, I'm just all taking mental Taking notes. stock. You're yeah. taking stock. So if all these are on point, man, that, that's a, that's a shop that is unstoppable for sure. You can sense it, you know, when you walk oh, in, sure. like as a trainer, it, it's such a, it's such a, it's like a beautiful gift. Right. It's like you walk in and people want to be there, you know? Yeah. But like the, the but the shop owner as well, like yes. you, you can tell right away if the shop owner is running a tight ship or not, you can tell right, right. away the culture of something you can sense it. Right. You can, you can feel it, you know? And it's like, I've, dude, I've actually had times where I got really bad vibes from an employee of a shop. And I would like, I, 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 I literally walked into the CEO's office at a shop and I closed the door and he's, and, and it was very weird for some stranger to walk in and close his door of his office. You could tell this guy's alpha, like super alpha. You could just tell like who the you're, you're, you're here to fucking train. You're not here to, to tell me my shit. And I was like, listen, it's a very uncomfortable conversation that I'm going to have with you, but you have a guy out there in your shop that works for you. And here's a couple examples of why he is not good for your culture and why he's not good for your business. And I said, listen, you can do with this what you may, but I'm telling you as a business owner that has a, that has a staff of 20, like this is not the person you want on your staff. And he's like, it's so funny that you say that I I've, I've been noticing that lately. Like it's so obvious to me. Right. And again, I don't mean to overstep my bounds. Right. And this is a very uncomfortable thing for me to say to you, but like that dude's got to go, man. Like he's got to go. And dude, that, that guy's still my friend. Like that little bonding moment That's awesome. that, that we had. And dude, it was very uncomfortable for, to, for me to say that. But I feel like if you have the spidey sense to sense that about somebody or, or you can, you can walk, like you, you literally open the door, like you can smell success or you can smell, Correct. you know, uh, just bullshit. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It takes a leader and, to do what you, what you did, man. And I, I had to, what you're saying, I had to do that one time. Cause I was just like, I'm not going to say the shot, but I had to go to the owner. Yeah, I'm no. like, Hey, um, you got these two individuals that they're cancer to your company. I am. And I've only been here for two days. I said, you're a very nice guy. I can't, I can't just walk by and not say something to you. And he said yeah. the exact same thing that you just said. Yeah, I've noticed that. So, um, I think culture is huge, man. Uh, I think culture inside of an organization yeah, let's, is, let's talk about is that. like, it's dude, it's everything. <laughs> I, I, I have, I have been ruined. Um, my business has been in ruins because of culture on multiple occasions. Um, multiple occasions, man. Like it's, it, it's like, it's, it's hard. It's hard to keep a positive culture at all times yeah. because, as, as the CEO of my business, as the leader, like I have other stuff going on. Like I have a family and a life outside of my work, but like you have to be on top of your culture at all times. Culture will make or break your business, right. period, period. The culture starts with you. You know, it. if you are having a bad day, you can't admit that and take it out on your employees. You know, you have to oh, take yeah. the high ground. Um, do what as a leader, you got to do what you say and say what you do, you know, a perfect example. It's hard, uh, though. Yeah. Like when I was a shop in, uh, Garland, Texas, again, uh, Tri-Tech Winterton and Dave Chuckman, that man has 
grown his company by 50% within, I would say the last year, just because mm. he's changing the company. He's changing the culture. Guess what? With himself, he's inspiring his other, you know, his other leaders. Um, I trained one of their guys, uh, George, and now the guy's running, running a store because this guy, George gets it. The, the dude lost almost 200 pounds, you know? Damn. And he's just, oh, he's a savage. He put me to shame. I worked that's out real with stuff. Uh, and you know, it's, it, that's leadership, man. You know, it starts, yeah. the, the culture starts with that individual. And as the companies, and just from my perspective, the as companies grow and they keep growing, you can't change the culture. The culture's going to change if you forget about the boots on the ground and the people that have the most engagement with your customer base. You know, the, the higher you go up, and the more detached you are from your customer base and those people that are doing the work every day and you forget about them, they're, they're, your, your culture is going to explode. And then a couple of years down the line, you, you're going to be like, what happened? And it's too late because those people are going to be gone because you didn't take care of them. <laughs> it, what's, what's crazy about that? I mean, you, you could, no truer words could be spoken right there. Yeah. It, 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 and culture doesn't, I can literally... Like there's two, two, two points I want to make. Number one, when I come in and I'm in a very good mood and I'm laughing and joking and fucking with everybody like I always do. And I have fucking confetti cannons and fucking little fireworks that I'll drop on people and shit. Like just like messing with people and like being, being fun. <laughs> oh, wow. The entire, the entire day, the entire wow. day with the entire crew is, is perfect. Like even if shit happens, like it's like, oh, well, they're in a good mood before shit hit the fan it's easy for them to rebound back up to, 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 to happy mood. Right. If I come in and I don't say shit to people and I don't make my rounds and shit hits the fan, like I, like as the leader, it, it sets the precedence for the, everything like the mood, the culture of a, the daily culture. Culture is not this. It is this overwhelming thing, but it's daily input. It's, it's hourly culture, daily culture, weekly culture, monthly culture, quarterly culture, yearly culture. Like culture is, is not all encompassing. Oh, it's culture. No, it's fucking like these different steps of time frames of culture. And when it, dude, you're point number one. And then point number two is there, are, when your culture is bad, there are people that are on their way out. They could be on their way out for six months. And you don't even know it. And they're and they're poisoning the well all around it's, and ruining your culture. And they're doing this bad shit to your entire crew, dude. And toxic like you, people, you, man, you got to cut them out. You have to cut them out. Like I, I had to do that re recently. And it's just you got to cut them out. It's just they're, they're it, it'll it's like they want to convince you to be on their team. Like it, it's they're just so toxic. You know, it's a, it, it, but I, I have been in the position and I will never, ever be put in this position again, ever, because I've learned my lesson far too many times. I'm fucking done with it. You have people on your team that could be toxic to your culture. You know they're toxic and yep. you think you can't afford to not have them on your team because they're revenue generators or whatever it is. Right. Fuck that. Get them the fuck out of there Monday. Fire them. Man, send them on the way. You don't understand how much damage they are doing to your business. And you'll find out six, eight, ten months, a year from now. They leave. You're going to find how toxic they are in two hours, two fucking hours. Right. You're going to find out how much damage they have done to your business. 
and you cannot afford I can't afford to not have them on staff. It's hard to find new people. You can't afford to not get rid of them. And I'm right. telling you it, it I, if there's it's the it's very scary to to have to get rid of somebody. It's very scary to you know have to get rid of somebody because they're they're a revenue generator. They pay your bills, right? But right. at the same time, your culture is far more powerful, far more valuable than any bills you have to pay. And one one person will poison the well. Yeah, one big, bad apple will ruin the whole bunch. Long term, they're not they're just cancer. Like here's a message to the to the leaders that are protecting these people. You're only hurting yourself and your your culture and your company and your customer experience. You're hurting your entire business cycle. <laughs> and it's just like stop protecting these people. They're not your friends. You know I wish I would have learned that early on i wish i would have yeah. i wish i well, I, I wish i would have been a better leader early on i wish I, I wish i'm a better leader now you know what i mean i wish right. I, I but i'm constantly trying and and i think that that's you know cultures dude i think it's one of the most the one of the one of the it's the it's the it's the easiest thing to turn negative and it's the hardest thing to keep positive inside your organization right. because it's, it's constant. I mean, it's, I can walk in my back door. I might've said this already. I literally open the door and I feel the energy and I can tell you if it's a good day or it's a bad day or this dude's pissed or this person's pissed or this is bad or the good. I'd like, I, I can literally open the door and feel the energy and you have to get to that point where you can look across the bay and see old boy's eyes and know something ain't right. Hey man, come on, let's go. Let's go. Let's go get a coffee. Let's go talk. That's because you know you're mean? engaged, man. You're, you're, you know, the pulse of your, of your team, you know, that it I just goes them. back to, to leaders that they forget about the culture and they just, they're so detached from what's really going on in reality. It's just, Oh yeah, we're, we're so good at this. We're just, no, you got, you got to, Get back in the trenches with your team. You will gain the respect of them, you know? And uh, I think love, it goes a long way. Yep. I, I've, I've always grown up with a lot of love, right? Like even if we did, weren't, didn't have shit, we always had a hug. We always, and I, I like, I, I tell people that like in, in, in some, like I'll have to have a class or something. And even just recently, I, I was on this construction site and someone was asking me about, one of somebody that was on my team. And I was like, all oh, that dude needs is some love, man. He needs <laughs> to be hugged, you know? And the guy looked at me like, the fuck is wrong with you? Like, dude needs a fucking hug, man. Like I need a hug. Huh. You need a fucking hug. You know what I mean? Like people need to be loved on. And Ben Newman told me that years ago, uh, Ben Newman, the continued fight on Instagram, he's a performance coach. He's fucking amazing. And he, t he told me that like, and, and you gotta understand, like I've been a pretty hard ass my, my entire life. Like yeah. <laughs> I just always have. And, and he's like, dude, you need to love on that person. And I'm like, well, that's a man. <laughs> I'm not going <laughs> to hug that guy, you know? And it's like, and then you like grab somebody and give them a big fucking hug and tell them how much you appreciate them. It changes everything. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people, um, dude bro and it's as as weird as it sounds like people just need fucking love don man people need a hug they might have had a you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what you don't know there you go about them you don't know their their upbringing you know right. i think what opened my eyes to that is i had a, a dear friend of mine I, i'm not going to mention names or anything but i i used to give him i used to you know meet him shake his hand give him a hug and he didn't know how to receive a hug you could tell it was awkward yeah and it was like 
coming from my life with, again, we didn't have a lot, but we always had love. We always had hug. There's a lot of love in my family and in my life to hug somebody and feel their tenseness and like, Oh my God, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like it really turned, it turned my mentality of like other people don't have what I had. This, this person grew up in a affluent house and he had everything he wanted, always drove n- new vehicles, always had the best fucking clothes. Hmm. He didn't know how to fucking receive a hug. Wow. So he had everything that I wanted but he didn't have the most important factor of that, which is like love and af- admiration. And, 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 and I don't know, it's just like realizing that like all that shit's cool. But like, if you don't have like a good secure foundation, your house is in order. And like, y- like you have your shit together when it comes to your family and stuff, like it really opened my eyes. And, and then I like, re- then I started, I started to listen to Ben more about that bro. Dude, that guy, that guy just needs some love. So I would go and, and what's their love that they need? Is it a hug? Is it telling them that they're good people? Is it buying them something, new tools? Is it putting new tires on their vehicle? Like, what is it? Like, what is their love language? And then I started the word. My wife taught me about love languages. And now it's like, <laughs> oh, holy man. shit. It's like this rabbit hole yes. that I've gone down. And now I'm like yep. trying to figure out everybody's shit. And like, okay, well, how can I, how can I, how can I make you happier? Okay. Well, your love language is this, yep. your personality type is this. And like, it's crazy, man. But it all comes down to the fact that like motherfuckers just need a hug, dude. Yeah. <laughs> they really beautiful. do. And like man, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that. You just ingrained that into my brain right now. Okay. Got it. It's I got it from Ben Newman, man. All and right. I got it Love. from my wife and and there's there's just so much you know, diversity in a bad way in the world that to be I, like a shining star that like cares and like really that's where like that training like I ah, it just feels so good, like yep. in my soul. You know, you get warm, and it's like ah. I love that. I love it. Like, what's your what's your favorite part of training? Like, if you could name one thing, I know that's a that's a hard question. Like, what's your favorite part of being a trainer? When someone is struggling and they don't quit on me, and they keep going at it, and then the light bulb just clicks, like oh. He was right, bro. I got it. And then they just <laughs> the, the exact next one. Same. The next one they just blow. They just blow right through the back, uh, the back window. I reference back windows a lot because it is, you know, the most uh, trying thing to get accomplished when learning. It's the worst. Uh, window it's the because it's a it's a big piece of glass, you know, and you got to heat shrink it, and you can't ruin it. If, once you crease it, it's it's fried. It's done. Restart. I, dude, I tended for seven years. Like when I first started my business, nice. I tended for seven years. And I, I like I, I'm a I'm a fan. I'm a fan of side windows. I'm yep. a fan of windshields, back windows. I like I. Th- there's an art form to it, right? Yes. When I was learning, I went down. I took a class in um, Jonesboro, Arkansas, with a guy named John Rose. I think his name was John Rose. I've been to Jonesboro, Arkansas. He had a hell of a business and like I went down there, like I was taking class and he's like, dude, you got to, you got to relocate down here. Cause I was like a natural, like I'm like, I'm decent with my hands and I'm like, he's like, you got to come down here. I was like, I just started my business. Like I'm going to be a fucking millionaire next year. Like, you know, like (laughs) (laughs) I can't do it. But dude, like I learned like when I was tinting, I would, I, I I would always, I would always tint the side windows cause it was super easy for me. And then I would struggle on like every back window, like. I would over shrink them. I would under shrink them. Like 
uh, it was it was a it was a struggle, but it was dude, it was great money, man. It was yeah. it was that was at the point where I was trying to build my business. Nice. And I had to get all the revenue in I possibly could. So we were offering everything. We were like a one stop shop, you know. I was like, do everything you can. Now we're compartmentalized <laughs> into you know, our core competencies and like we know what we're good at and what we're not good at. And right. I subcontract the tinting now. But at the same time, I, I it was probably some of the worst times of my life, like the frustration wise. Yeah. But back, back I never stopped. Easy, oh, bro. It was easy. horrible. It was yeah. horrible. Like horrible. I, I didn't even realize what over shrinking was until like every single back window was peeling up on the bottom. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I was just like, what the <laughs> fuck am I doing wrong? I was over shrinking. Too much heat. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. I, I say, hey, you're stretching the the film's maximum ca- uh, capacity to stretch. So yeah, it'll it'll squeegee, it'll lay down, but it'll fall right off. So you know you gotta Kicked read the film. Ass. The film's gonna talk to you. You know, it does. It does, and that's the same. That's the same thing with vinyl. That's the same thing with PPF. Like it tells right. you what to do. Right. If you start to read wrinkle, if you start to speak wrinkle, if you start to, you know, window tenders make amazing vehicle wrappers because when you wrinkle huh. something with window tent. It's ruined, right? right? If you wrinkle something with vinyl wrap, you pull it up, you put some heat on it, the wrap, the, the wrinkle goes away. Well, metallic tints and ceramic tints and all this stuff, when it's wrinkled, it's fucking wrinkled. So window tenders see wrinkles far, far before a vehicle wrapper will see a wrinkle because yeah. they have to. They have to. And dude, vehicle wrappers make shitty window tenders. Not all of them. I mean, there's some vehicle wrappers out there that are win- great window tenders. Don't fucking kill me right but generally speaking when i'm hiring a vehicle wrap installer and someone has window tent experience well they have the knife skills they have the cutting skills they have the squeegee skills they understand the angle of the squeegee the pressure of a squeegee they understand wrinkle i can make a badass window tenter into a badass vehicle wrap installer and i mean in a week like it doesn't take long because it's easier it just it's easier but at the, on the contrary, vehicle wrappers, because the vinyl is so forgiving, they don't make good window tenders. Some of them, most of them. Right. Again. The same thing. Not, like when I get someone that knows PPF, I'm like, I got to like unprogram their brain. I'm like, hey, this is not PPF. <laughs> you can't manhandle the film like this. Like, you know, so it takes, you know, a good two days for them to um, undo the PPF mindset. I love it. But, I love it. So. I, I have I, I want like I want to pick your brain on something. Let's do it. Uh, window tent shops have a very high volume of vehicles going in and out. Why? How is it that they do it so efficiently? Like, what do you see that makes that process efficient to get them in, get them out? Get, yeah, I mean, there's window tent shops that do 10, 15, 20 vehicles a day. Some of them, some of them do five vehicles a day, regardless what process do you see? What, what are some positives and some negatives about moving so many vehicles through a shop? Yeah. I've been at multiple shops that, that push a lot of, a lot of vehicles out. Um, the difference is they have a process. So the vehicle gets checked in, whoever's, uh, going to bring the vehicle in, they, uh, start cutting the film. So as it's bringing, as whoever's driving it in, 
let's talk about the check-in process. Yeah. Like, have you, have you seen multiple shops with different check-in processes and what do those look like? Yeah. So, uh, the check-in process. So, uh, last week I was in Georgia, uh, tent genius. Uh, they use, uh, the tent wizard. <laughs> what a name, what a name, tent genius, tent genius. Oh, Mc- I love it. McDonough, Georgia. <laughs> That's awesome. Dude, you got it. That shop is beautiful. Yeah. Super awesome. high end shop. Super, super high end shop. Um, so they use the tent whiz application. It's a I've heard nothing but good things about that, dude. Yeah. Nothing but good yep. things. Dude, and the guy that created it, he's a I call him the Joe Rogan of the window film industry. He has a he has a <laughs> how, podcast how do, as well. How do people find the tent whiz app? Uh tentwiz.com. Tentwiz.com. Yeah, tentwiz.com. Uh, I've I heard amazing him, things about that man. My stuff. Yeah, he's yeah. it's great. So with the tent whiz app. Um, they check in the vehicle. They already know the vehicle because they already made an appointment. Um, so let's just say they had an appointment. It shows up on the screen. Well, at Tint Genius, it shows up on the screen what vehicle it is. And after the customer gets checked in and the film is selected, there's there's like no communication. You just look at the screen, start plotting out the, the film. The car's getting brought in and the film's getting brought to the peel board and the guys are knocking out the work. There's like literally awesome. like you don't have to say, hey, you know, 35 percent on the front windshield. It's there. You know, it eliminates the uh, content communication with whoever checked in the vehicle and the installers. So I love it. Yeah. So check in process and then production process. You mentioned, you know, plotting stuff out. Uh, do you see a lot of people hand cutting or, or, or plotter cutting the film nowadays? No. Now it's. It's mainly plotter. Like even when yeah, I got I see onto a lot this, of that. Uh, you know, a while ago, there were still plotters out there. But my trainer also showed me how to hand cut. You know, so there are. Some I think guys plotters are, are so still- cheap, dude. Plotters are so cheap oh, right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. you got to even if it's five grand, like, even if it's five thousand dollars for a plotter. Like how much labor? Like people are like, oh my god, that's five thousand dollars. I cannot afford that. Like, think no. about the time that you take to yep. hand cut. Think about the time that it takes to granite. There's going to be a learning process with depths and changing out blades, et cetera. You have to pay for the software, et cetera. But look at the time, just strictly the time. How much time will it save you to plot or cut your windows as opposed to hand cutting? Right. Could it be 15 minutes a car? Like total? I think it could be. Oh, for sure. I like to tell business owners like plotters are, it's another employee. They show up on time. Uh, they yeah. don't talk back and they just do their job. <laughs> and the only you thing know? you got to change with them is their blades is the blade. and the cutting mat and blade holder, you know? <laughs> yeah. But like to a fucking cutting mat, it'll last forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, not on the new 9000, the new, uh, I'm sorry, the GraphTech 9000, you got to, if it cuts, if it gets too much damage, you got to just replace it. But uh, is that your, your plotter of choice is a GraphTech? I would say the GraphTech. Yeah. The 9000. Right on. We use yeah. Sumas. Pretty exclusively, uh, we used nice. um, something else before. I said, st- like, it's so funny. I was going through my warehouse the other day, and my brother and I were just walking through, like, looking at all the shit that we have in our warehouse that we need to get rid of. Like, there's, there's like our first laminator we ever had is back there from 20 years ago, and it's like we have a wow. couple plotters, Mamaki plotters, and like we have two printers sitting back there. It's like, fuck, dude, like, yeah. what are we doing? But we've, we have kept, you know, we find 
we're not afraid to invest into trying something new. We're not afraid if there's a new badass plotter like our laminators right now. I, I can't think of the name of our laminators, but it's a very unknown brand. They're made in St. Louis. They're developed in St. Louis. And we were like a prototype shop to because we run a fucking million square feet. Like we we run some vinyl through through our through our printers and our laminators. That's awesome. So but my point is, is like the plotters that we've, we've gone from, um, oh, we had like a Gerber something. I forgot what the fucking plotter was. It's sitting in my warehouse. I can see the logo. I just can't think of the name. <laughs> but anyway, we have, we have continually adapted and invested into, and now we've, we've ended up with Suma plotters and we love them, man. Like we love and them. You but cut window you, time with that as well? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do not know. It's all vinyl. Um, yeah, but, it but it can cut, it can cut window tint. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. A plotter is okay. a plotter. Zumba. I mean, it's their their pinch Suma S U M M A. Suma. Okay, I have to check them out. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's great plotters, great plotters. But nice. any plotter is a good plotter. Like I, you know, yeah. it, even if you got like a hand me down ten year old unit, as long as it's calibrated, as long as it, the pinch wheels are good, the cutting everything's good, dude. Like pick it up. It could be a thousand bucks, two thousand. It could be free. Who the fuck knows? You know. Right. If it is free and you have to invest a thousand dollars in it to refurbish it, like it doesn't matter. Like you're not understanding what I'm saying. It's 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 a it's 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 a big and it, it it'll save you time in the long run. No one plays the long game anymore. People aren't playing this long game. They're 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 fucking thinking about instant gratification, you know, short term riches and not long term wealth. And having a having a plotter that could save you 15 minutes per car and you're doing four cars a day, five hours per week, 250, 260 hours per year. Like that's a lot of money on the table for sure. Ton of opportunity. Oh, it's six weeks, six and a half weeks per year that you can save just in 15 minutes per car. They don't, people don't antiquate that. They don't, they don't, play that long game they don't think about that stuff and i think it's very important that people do that man it's all about the long game man it's all about that like you're right it's society and just the media just all about short-term gratification and instant gratification yeah it's not real (laughs) sorry guys it's not real if you take one of my classes you'll know that it's not it's gonna take this is a journey you know yeah, you you'll pass the class, but you gotta you gotta work this out every single day. They're life lessons, you know. Yeah, it's window yeah. tinting, but it's no, 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 no. It's a life lesson, life lessons. Yeah, gotta work at it to get to be the best. I'm sitting here thinking about like how do we get how do we get all the trainers together for like a conference, like a Dude. fucking like a what? Like, I'm, can you imagine what we could learn from each other? Like first and foremost, drop your fucking ego at the door, all you motherfuckers. But then let's get together and let's like literally have like a, let's have a conference. Let's have a get together. Let's have beers. Like let's talk. Let's, let's have speakers and let's individually take 10, 15 minutes and tell what's the one thing that you love the most about your job. What's the one secret that you can, you can share with a group of people that do the same thing as you, that you don't want to tell anyone else, but you're going to be empathy. You're going to be vulnerable and you're going to tell it. Like, can you imagine how much better training would be Dude, if we, we could all get that. together? There's going to be a, the tent whiz convention, uh, next year, uh, in Brett, in Brent's uh, territory, literally at the Omni. Right that would be huge, shop. dude. Maybe that would we can be work huge. Out. I, I was just thinking about that. Like, 
I'm a student of the game and I'm, you're a student of the game. So how many other like-minded trainers are, are like us out there? You know what I mean? Like, how do we, how do we get that? How do we make that happen? Like, I think we, we have to make it happen. Like it's going to happen. All right, so if you're I'm, listening to this and you're a trainer, like let's, let's get together. Let's, let's better each other. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Are we in competition? Somewhat. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Somewhat. But like, who the fuck cares? Yeah. There was enough business to go around, dude. Like every training, we had like fucking a thousand people on a waiting list after last year to get on our trainings this year. Like the industries oh, are growing. They're, ex- they're, yeah. they're, they're exploding. Right. People want continued education. So how do we as trainers take that responsibility and, and make ourselves better in order to give people what they need at the the highest capacity that we can possibly give them. Right. And I think we get together and we start to learn from each other. Man. Training, learning how to train, getting coached how to train. Fuck, I'll take that class. Man, I want to be scrutinized, man. Make That's fine. Right. I'll get better. <laughs> man, when, I I first joined, when I first jumped on board with Expel, like we had to do the PowerPoint and I literally did the PowerPoint in front of my coworker, uh, Jason, literally for seven hours. And he was just like, uh, he was scrutinizing me and it made me better. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that for sure. I think, I think when you first begin at anything, whether it's tinting, whether it's PPF, whether it's wrapping, whether it's training, it doesn't matter. I think one of the most important things is to understand, we said it five times, you don't know what you don't know. Yes. You know what I mean? And, and you have to be open. There's a difference between a complete, being a complete fucking asshole and <laughs> telling someone they suck and being constructive and giving yes. constructive criticism. Yes. And I believe that when someone does give you constructive criticism, that you need to listen to that and you need to take it to heart. And you may not be able to digest, to, to digest it when someone is talking to you and saying, hey, I think you need to tweak this. You need to tweak your tone. You need to talk like this. You need to talk, say this. I don't think people digest it right then in the moment, but you need to write it down. You need to remember it and you need to go back to your hotel. You need to go to your home. You need to think about what people are saying to you because it's truth. Perception is reality and how someone perceives you as a trainer. I dude, after every single training class, I send a thank you letter. I send some discount codes and I literally ask people, I ask people to critique me as a trainer. I, I, I'm very open to it. I take everything constructive. I tell them, you can tell me I'm a piece of shit and I suck. I cuss too much. I didn't teach you what you wanted to know here, there, or wherever, whatever it may be. Just don't tell me I did a great job. I know I'm a good trainer. That does not help me develop. And I'm very open and empathetic to it. I'm actually doing something different this year. I'm going to do a blind survey. So I don't know where it's coming from because Mm -hmm. I think people... I think people don't respond with the truth of of where I'm bad because they don't want me to not like them. They don't want me to hold a grudge. Well, first and foremost, I will not hold a grudge. I want to know where I'm where I'm coming up short. I want to know the real shit. So I'm going to do it blind this year. And and I'm hoping I'm still going to send the thank you email and hey, I'm going to send you another email with a blind survey, but I think I'm going to do I think I think that is going to is going to make go. me so I like that. Yeah, I I'm do surveys game. too, but it's uh, you're right. Now that I'm looking at the service, I'm like, nothing was bad. Like, I know I'm not that good. Like, give me right, some, like I, some feedback. Like, we're friends, but like, I want to make this training better for the next person. Exactly, and you know? and 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 being able to see the realness, to see the real shit, is way more important than oh man, this. Is- 
oh, fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know I'm good, right? Like, yeah. I, I want to be great. I don't want to be good. I want to be fucking great. I want to be the best ever. Right. And the only way perception is reality. How you perceive me as a trainer means the world to me. It's not, you did a great job. Like, I know. Like, I know. Right. You That's know, what I'm here to but do. how can I be better? Right. Yeah, like I'm paid to do that. Right. <laughs> like I'm paid to be great, right? <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's just food for thought for any trainers out there. I think we should all get together. I think we should be more open and no egos and uh, and just really, really, really get down to the nitty gritty of how we can how we can change people's lives. Like I, I told you, man, I got this help people bucket, dude. And I think even at the top of the game as a trainer you're, you're, you're an expert at your field, right? Like you, you have your 10,000 hours invested into your, to your industry, to, to your, to your core competency. And, and you know, you're good at what you do. You're not the best. And even if you do win the fucking biggest tent competition in the entire world, you can still learn something. You still learned something at that competition. I guarantee, I guarantee you, I guarantee you. And I think that's, that's very important. Even as trainers, even as people at the top of the game, like we are, like we can still be better. I agree. Hey, um, speaking of competition, me and my partner, uh, L.U., he's out of uh, Orlando, uh, Florida. We are going to be competing um, at the Tenor Battles 2022 in uh, Orlando, Florida. So when is that? When is uh, that? March 19th and uh, sorry, March 18th and 19th, I believe. Are they? Are, can you put me in contact with those people? See if we can work out a sponsorship deal from the Rap IQ podcast. Yeah. I want to yep. look into that. We're really trying to expand into the tent market and PPF market right. more. So it's called the rap IQ podcast, but like anything adhesive backed, right. like that's what we do. Like, and we're, we're looking it. at all forms of advertising. We, yeah. I think the biggest thing with Blake and I is we like, we want to give back. Like, that's why we do this. Like we do it because we love it and we love to help people and give back. So like if I could, I don't know, put in a prize prize money or, or, you know, give, yeah give swag to every single competitor. I don't know what the fuck I can do, but we can work something out. Yeah. I'll put you in contact with with Carlos and um, yeah, that guy for sure put himself, got himself out of the comfort zone and started this tenor battle thing. And I was a judge last year. So this is the second year. So I'm going to be a little bit, (laughs) I'm going to be on the other side. So the the new judges, they're going to be super critical on me because, you know, they know who oh, I yeah. am, you know. You're the motherfucker, dude. You know, <laughs> you know they're going to <laughs> But, hey, I'm, I'm practicing every day, and so is my partner. And my partner, Elliot, that, like, I, from my perspective, that guy's better than me. And he wanted me as a partner. I'm like, all right, let's do it. It's so, so funny. Like, I, I partnered with Jim Miller a lot on some team competitions. And, like we have such a, this beautiful respect for each other. Like I, I believe that he's better than I am on multiple things. And he believes that I'm better than he is on multiple things. And it's like, it's such a, it's such a, it's such a, this, like, I believe that, that we're unbeatable. Like I, I just, I, even if we do get beat, like we, there's something happened. Like we, we still won. (laughs) Like I have, I have this perception of my, in my mind of, of Jim Miller and John Duver as a, a rap tag team. It's like, the fucking creme de la creme. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I love it. All right, brother. Listen, we've been on for an hour, 20 minutes. I don't want to bore people to death. I love right. the conversation, man. I love this Same conversation. Here. I really appreciate you so fucking much, man. Like I appreciate you coming into my life. I appreciate the follows. I, I like, I love your story. I love what you're doing. Like I'm a firm believer that 
the power of, of law of attraction. Like uh, people come into my life for a reason. And I believe that I got a lifelong friend. I really truly believe that. And I think that we we're cut from the same cloth and you're an amazing dude, man, you're doing your shit. And it's just, it's great to be in your presence. Like it's fucking awesome, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I couldn't do it without my family. I got to give a shout out to uh, my wife and my kids, man. I know it's hard, but it's all going to be worth it. Tell me about your kids. I'm, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dad myself, man. I, I'm all man. about the family. So tell me about your kids, man. I got three kids, but they're like, so seven different personalities. <laughs> I have a, <laughs> I have a nine year old seven and four. So wow. they're just, I love them to death. I'm seven, five and nine months. Nice. <laughs> Are you getting some sleep, man? <laughs> oh yeah. The baby dude, I'm telling you, this little fat baby I got. <laughs> hey, dude, uh, he will eat anything. He's cute. Literally, I swear to God, he eats himself to sleep and then he sleeps from uh he goes to bed about eight o'clock, seven thirty, and he'll sleep till four thirty in the morning, and then I go and put a binky in his mouth, he'll sleep till five thirty, and then I'm usually you I gotta get him up about five thirty six. But that's Dude, God, I'm having so much fun with them. I'm having so much fun with them. Like man, every day is a new adventure. They, like, they grow like grass, man. I'm just, I don't know where the past 10 years went. You know, it's just <laughs> right. kids just grow up so quick. And uh, yeah, I couldn't do it without them. No, it's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. And again, that's, I don't know, man. Like I can tell good people when I fucking meet them and when I see them. And that's the same thing. Like I'm, I'm, the, I'm the exact same way. Thanks, I always Lord. tell same Blake good. how important, I always tell Blake how important, you know, wife and kids are and he's like oh i got a fucking dog i got my doggy <laughs> yeah that that is my family dude <laughs> not quite the same but i love him just like What's you it? love your kids tell me about your dog blake what's his name ozzy <laughs> he's a super mutt of four different mystery breeds little heinz 57 and he's a good old boy he's he's gonna be 12 this summer so We've been best buds for a long time. Oh, that's beautiful. That's awesome. Beautiful. Nothing like a dog. If Listen, I, like I'm the type of in our crew, like, you know, we have I think there's 20. The last time I took stock of this, I'll do it again on Monday. But I think there's 27 dogs between everybody in my in my organization. And there's always a dog there. Like someone's always got their dog there. <laughs> like if you're not a dog person, I don't like you. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just how I feel like. I'm I'm starting to warm up to this neighborhood cat we have. I've always not been a cat person, but we got this little cat. He's pretty cool. Well, I think I think we're friends, but I you know you never tell with a fuck cat. They'll just cats attack you. are brutal, man. They're killers. <laughs> They're, they are. They, they are. are. They absolutely are. All right, we got any final thoughts, Balake? Uh, I guess my final thought would just be Marco. Thank you, man. Like uh, you're you're a perfect fit for what what we do here and what we talk about and. And it was awesome. So I think the tent world and the rap worlds are, you know, we're we're one in the same. Basically, we just have a a different medium. But it's the truth. Sounds like otherwise everything's pretty much uh, same same struggles and the same same problems that we have to deal with. We t- we talk so. about that a lot when I'm training. Is like the natural progression for a rap shop is to offer tent and PPF, and the natural progression for a tent shop yes. is to offer wrapping and PPF, yes. and the natural progression for a PPF shop is to offer tent and wrap. Like it's all intertwined. It's 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 all intertwined. And and if you are a business owner or you are someone that's starting out, like you should really put that on your vision board. Like you should see that and understand that like there is other ways to bring in revenue for your business. If you are a wrap shop, like you should offer window tent. If you are a window tent shop, you should offer 
a Chrome delete or, or, or carbon hood wraps or whatever it may be. You know what I mean? There's, there's different ways to get revenue in. You have the client base right now. If you're a tent shop, you have the client base right now. You have people knocking on your door, calling, scheduling, working with you. Why not upsell them? Why not upsell a Chrome delete? Why not upsell a, a, a black roof wrap, a hood wrap, whatever it may be? Why not? Like they're already in your shop. They drop their car off. Why not make five hundred, a thousand more dollars on these uh, on on these people? You know what I mean? It's like I, I think people underutilize their current client base, and I believe that uh, it's a natural progression for any shop to do that. And I think the wrap guys have a little bit uh, of an advantage to jumping into window tinting because uh, correct me if I'm wrong. The wrap guys take things apart, correct? Like they'll take door panels off, right? A lot to a lot of the door panels need to come off to remove the so, door handle. I, mean, I, I shouldn't say a lot. Fifty percent of them. So, I mean, you're halfway there. You could just slap the tin in, you know, and when the panel's <laughs> off, you're not, you don't have any obstruction. Just drop the tin in, squeegee it out and move on. You know, that's so true. It's, yeah. it's, I, I think upselling is looked down on as, as it can be looked down on as sleazy as something like, oh, I'm booking this guy. Like, it's not, it's not mm-hmm. like this person has, this person doesn't even know that they need window tint on their work van. Right. They don't even know. And if you can educate them and solve their problem, point out a problem to them and then provide a solution to that problem. You win. You win with the client is happier. You win financially. You can bring on more people and employ more fucking Americans. Right. Like like you win. You win on multiple facets. And and it's a it's a it's a big deal. Big deal. All right. Love it. One hour. Thirty minutes. This is awesome. I appreciate you so much. Thank you guys. I appreciate you. If listen, if you're in the tent world, you're in the rap world, the PPF world, like this podcast is for you. You know, we want to we want to make a change. And if you if you like what you hear, we ask you to please share this on social media. Uh, share it on your Instagram, your LinkedIn, your Facebook, all of it. If you share it, we'll share it back on our pages. And uh, we just appreciate you. If you have a question, you want to ask us something, you want to call in and ask Blake why he didn't say a single word this entire episode, you can call us. <laughs> what, would, what would I possibly add to this conversation? <laughs> I'm soaking it in, taking notes. Oh, I saw you taking notes. Uh, you can call us on our the Rap IQ Podcast hotline. It's 314-596-2676. 314-596-2676. If you call us, you leave us a message, we will send you a little swag bag with a rap glove and uh, Rap IQ Podcast t-shirt. Uh, guys thank you so much we appreciate you marco you are the man thank you so much much love guys get after today we'll talk to you soon Guys, thanks again for listening to the episode. We really appreciate you guys so much. I want to give a final shout out to our sponsors. Avery Dennison, always a great sponsor, very loyal to the show, and Rap Glove, and specifically the Rap Glove Ghost. We do this podcast not for you guys, but with you guys. So we want you to participate. If you have any questions, any feedback or topics, give us a call on the voicemail line. It's 314-596-2676. Finally, guys, if you get value from these episodes, please, 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 please follow the podcast on Instagram. It's at the Rap IQ podcast. Leave us a review on iTunes. Follow us on iTunes. Most importantly, share the podcast on your social media. You guys share it on your social media. We'll in turn share it on our social media, get you guys some publicity as well. You scratch our back, we'll scratch yours. 
Again, guys, thank you so much. We appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon.